Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Test Life number 217. It's 217? Yeah, it is 217. Yeah. Uh, here we are, the uh, 25th of August, 2021. Hope everyone out there is having a great day, and uh, we've got a ton of news as regular here on the Tesla Life tonight, or, of course, whenever you're watching this. With us as normal, we have Mr. Casey Green joining us from the D.C. area. How are you today, sir? Well, I'm glad I stayed indoors. Apparently, there's an air quality alert going on. They, they did warn us yesterday, and then I stayed inside and forgot about it, and then just now so turned hot, on the, the desk fan. <laughs> hot and humid in D.C.? Oh, yeah, and then and then whatever is going on with the quality, it's some articulates of some sort. So just pushing okay. 90. I have a feeling our other guest, Mr. Patrick Connor, has sent some particulates your way. Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. How are yeah. you today, sir? I am good. Hello, Tesla Nation, and welcome to the show where you get a preview of life in 2030. That's right. Yep. Yes. Renewable energy, electric vehicles, energy storage, Terrible autonomy. Air. <laughs> oh, I hope not. No, the, all the other things that we just talked about are going to help make the air better. And That's of course, right. that, that 2030 is going to be a future that is free from fossil fuels. Bingo. <laughs> as long as as long as the people at, uh, at at EV Day didn't get their way with their, oh, yeah, we promise we'll do 50%. Oh, we'll try to do 40. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Electrification. Oh, we, by that we mean hybrid. No, it's no, no plug. No, no plug. Yeah. Uh, it's just a regular gas hybrid. <laughs> yeah, self-charging yeah, electric vehicles. <laughs> right, self-charging. Oh man, how did they even think they could get away with that? How stupid did they oh, think the public gosh. is? I, I remember seeing the auto show in 2019 with huge posters about self-charging Lexus vehicles, and I was like, "Come on, that's terrible. That's horrible." Yeah, but. Uh, autopilot's a bad name. Right. <laughs> yeah, Tesla's the one trying to deceive the public. No, nobody else. No, not do. at all. Excellent point. Excellent point. Well, tonight we're going to start, of course, uh, with the huge news that happened six days ago. We covered it live. Uh, the AI day happened uh, at uh, Tesla uh, HQ. And uh, a number of things were announced. Of course, we've had some time to think about it a little bit now and think about some of the repercussions and how it's going to affect uh, what Tesla has been rolling out. And uh, we would thought we would touch upon a few of those topics. So um, first off, I got to say the robot. Like, where did that come from? Uh, we, yes, we... We called it. We said that, you know, it makes sense that if Tesla, of course, fixes the problem of um, uh, remote, no, I'm sorry, uh, fixes the problem of the perception of being able to uh, allow a car to drive itself, then a human bot being able to navigate the world should be quite easy after that, or it should be a lot quicker because they've gone through the major processes of getting that done with a car, uh, scaling it down to an actual bot or humanoid figure shouldn't be as much of a, a big deal. So, um, and they, they announced. Now, what I wanted to touch upon with the robot, uh, Tesla bot is they uh, name Optimus Subprime as they call it. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the thing that I found interesting watching the, the presentation a second time was that when Elon was answering questions about the bot, it really seemed that he wasn't trying too hard to answer them. Like it oh, seemed yeah. that it was, he wasn't too excited about the questions. <laughs> we or... have a viewer from Botville. Maybe, maybe <laughs> they can contribute. <laughs> uh, he just didn't seem to put a lot of thought into the answers. Like one person oh. talked about um, what's, what's the uh you know what's the roi when it comes to a, a bot doing a uh, a job that doesn't pay all that much how do you expect to pay for the bot if uh the job it's performing is manual labor or something that doesn't cost a lot to be done anyways so that uh, are you raising your hand casey or are I you am. showing us your name <laughs> raising my hand. so i suspect that this chip and this data center are super expensive and Elon is 
very frugal, and he needs bots for the moon and for Mars. Mm-hmm. And since Tesla already makes an AI robot and needed this machine to train it, why not use the same machine after hours to train your bot? And then sell it to your other company at a discount. Yeah. Uh, As we've said, the real secret plan is that this is all technologies designed for Mars. They just happen to make life better here on Earth also. There's no fossil fuels on Mars, so you have to have solar energy. And, uh, well, even the Hyperloop, well, okay, if you have tracks on the surface and there's almost no uh, atmosphere, guess what? You're in a vacuum. And and the list goes on and on about things that that really can be better utilized on on Mars. And uh, so the, the robots make perfect sense there. But I have to, uh, you mentioned the name of the bot. So uh, Optimus. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 there's a joke there. And I, and I don't think that, that it's, it's, yeah. It's, so, so yeah, obviously everybody knows that's from Transformers. So that was a vehicle that turned into a robot. So this is, the heart of this is the uh, inference chip that is designed for their cars that is now being put into a robot. So the heart yeah. of this robot is a car. That's why it's Optimus. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it, I, it could probably load and unload the semi. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's right. people even talking about they're going to have be standing around at the superchargers to plug and plug uh, cars in and out. So <laughs> I, still, I still think yes. that the Snakebot would do better for that. <laughs> a robot valet would be awesome. Though. A robot valet would be cool, but it, but these cars drive themselves. So the only thing you need these ones for are the classic Model S's. Yeah, so the, the only question they didn't answer is, can the robot get in the car and drive it itself? He didn't deny it when all the people were talking with him. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so uh, definitely I can see a Mars mission in its future. Uh, you know, as anything with Tesla... As they've shown with other products, they build the first version. They start to work the bugs out of it. They iterate. They come up with a second version, a third version, a fourth version. So I can definitely see as as they get closer to a Mars launch or a closer to a, a position where they're going to need something to go to Mars to help uh, get the human uh, community start to being built, uh, the habitats, the whatever, uh, having a number of different uh, iterations under their belt for a bot is going to be very advantageous, uh, being able to do that. Yeah, and it makes sense that Elon was um, dodging most of the questions, and I, I don't mean that negatively, but the whole this is what we said that day, and I still think it's true. The point of this was primarily for recruiting. Yeah. You can, to, to solve these problems, you're going to need some of the best engineers and technologists on the planet. And that's the people that Tesla are courting. And so they want to work on cool projects. And this bot is exactly that. And the if you leave it open-ended, that leaves room for their creativity uh, to, to decide what it's going to be. Not, oh, here it is, a fixed pass that has to do this. Uh, like you said, there's going to be m- multiple iterations. So... There's, you, you can't pin it down and say, oh, it won't be effective to, to do yard work or whatever. I mean, there's just no, it's it's unbound at this point. Plus, there would be so much overlap between the bipedal bot and the four-wheeled bot that you can literally just let them sit there and work on their pet project all day long. And then their object recognition subroutines or their uh, self-preservation or whatever, you can just lift that and put it in the car without yes. even making them feel like they've been boxed in. Certainly <laughs> will allow them to speed development of the bot with so much of it uh, being done previously for the car. Uh, that that uh, that is that's a no-brainer. You can definitely see that coming down uh, the road for for sure. Yeah, it definitely works both ways. Like the same same thing. Like maybe they don't aren't interested in the bipedal bot, but they've already done all this stuff for the FSD. Cart it over, or as Akide touched on, you could use it to pilot. Uh, fossil cars, and that would still fulfill what Elon said about it not being central to the mission, but I would think they would be trying to get the fossil cars off the road, period. Yeah, or maybe I wouldn't want to... <laughs> they start crashing all the gas cars. No, I, d- I don't want robots driving gas cars. That's just zero <laughs> passenger miles with more pollution. That just seems like a horrible idea. Exactly. I'm sorry, Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be cool if they could use the tools and the tools could... Ooh. Can work within their physical constraints of you know, uh, forty-five pound lift, etc. <laughs> Just beat yeah, the windows I can, in. 
I, and, and then another thing that I didn't remember uh, the first time watching it was that the the visor in front yeah. of the robot, that's going to be a display screen as well to, yeah. to uh, show people on the outside what the robot's thinking or doing or uh, give them a, a clue as to uh, what it's going to be doing next, uh, things of that nature. So so being able to understand what the robot's going to be doing would be a quick look at the person's face like you would a normal person. Now you're looking at the bot visor, and it's going to give you some visual clues uh, as to what that uh, robot is up to or is about to do, which uh, I thought was very cool. I'm surprised it didn't be... make it look like Starman. Right? It, it looks yeah. a little bit like Starman, a little bit like mm -hmm. Star Trek. I, th I think it'd be cool to have the face of uh, Virgil, the superintendent from uh, from Halo. Just the two eyes, <laughs> the expressive eyes. <laughs> no, the Johnny Cab face. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Customizable. There we go. Yeah. I want big googly eyes that just roll around. <laughs> I'm talking to you. Is looking over here. <laughs> Do you understand me? <laughs> All over the place. Just, eyes are just rolling the pupils around. <laughs> that would uh, stop people from being scared of it they'd be too busy laughing yep <laughs> uh, well another uh, part of the presentation of course a big part of the presentation was dojo and the computer that's going to be put together the different uh, hardware bits that are going to be put into a dojo computer that should be up and running by next year is what we were told during the presentation and of course with this faster, bigger, more powerful computer, uh, or really a bunch of computers put together into some sort of a network, uh, the, the uh, I guess the uh, AI uh, march forward is going to be so much quicker. Patrick, you touched on this uh, during the presentation that uh, you felt that uh, this was something that was going to catapult uh, the AI program uh, forward at a speed that they're going to need, uh, that they haven't experienced to this point. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm kind of curious if any more thoughts on that. Yeah. So one of the things you often hear Musk saying is that they're striving to be less wrong. And uh, that's an admission that, that they are currently wrong. I mean, it's not full self-driving capability capable today just not doing you know full level five take a nap in the back because it's got things that are not right and it takes an iteration to uh a training round and then we just we just uh talked about um when is the uh, the button gonna come well you know that's going to take several iterations if they could do those iterations in uh just a couple hours versus a week then uh, that, that's more iterations, that's more bug fixes, that's faster towards the goal. It's a flywheel. And uh, way back, uh, let me see when I, I did this, I made a little uh, uh, drawing of uh, the Tesla flywheel. And uh, let me see if I can share my screen here. Um, no, it's not going to work for me. It'll work. So Derek was asking where would it charge, and I suspect wireless charging, just so that we don't have the question of where to plug a cable into the human form, <laughs> or or foot pads <laughs> like contact points on the shoes. <laughs> All right, am I sharing? You are sharing. Yep. Okay, cool. So yeah, so back in May of last year, what is Project Dojo? And uh, this this is the uh, the point that I wanted to get you right here the uh, the flywheel. So you collect disengagements, you train the network, you deploy it. And this you have to go through this over and over again. And uh, whenever there's a disengagement, all input is error, right? So that's a case where the human had to take over, where it didn't do something right. And uh, so, so this is the primary path for making it uh, a better product. Well, my favorite is uh, I just went through back-to-back -back updates and uh, my car, I was in full manual human pilot and, and twice the car took over. Uh, well, I guess three times technically uh, two times it was justified. And one time it wasn't wrong, but it wasn't accurate either. Uh, I was making a left-hand turn from the second lane in a double turn lane and it didn't need to help me with that. Uh, but the other two times were people uh, crossing the, uh, the on-ramp solid line behind me as we were getting onto the road. Uh, both times it would it was right if I wasn't paying attention, but 
I was paying attention and I, and I was aware uh, of the jerks, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it wasn't wrong. Uh, uh, both times I was manually driving and it put me back in the on-ramp instead of uh, getting off at the end of the on-ramp at the, the, the dashed portion, not the solid portion. It's like, yeah, this person's going to hit you. And I was like, eh, they're not. Uh, one of them was a Z car that was just riding my tail the whole way. And mm-hmm. I, I knew what he was going to do. And, and he went off and did a, a triple lane change. Wow. And the car put me back in the on-ramp. Like, yeah, this guy's not smart. Like, yeah, he's not smart. <laughs> well, that, that kind of leads us to our next story uh, within uh, the AI, and that's predictability. And, of course, predictability was shown in the ability for the system to draw its own maps, to uh, mm-hmm. to be able to know what the road is going to do predictively in the future, even though the eyes of the camera can't see it. Um, so being able to do this over and over to see a, a road crossing a hill and then to see some trees in the distance and to, to understand that probably the road weaves between those trees, even though or we the, can't see it. Or, or that if the road went up into a, you know, up and then just go back, goes back down. If you see a traffic light again, it's the same traffic light you just saw before you went over the hill. Right. <laughs> and collecting all that data, uh, from not only just the car that's doing it, but the multiple f- cars in the fleet that are out there collecting those bits of data and being able to string it together when a car is uh, comes there for maybe the first time, but it knows the history of the other cars that have been there earlier in the day or last week or last year even. Being able to track all this, again, in this large computer, it's being able to, to churn this data over and over and come up with anticipations. Uh, Another part of the anticipation was the talk about um, the snow. Uh, We we had heard before, and and even I've thought about it here in Ontario, uh, if if a sheet of snow was to drop onto the road, uh, maybe off of a truck in front of you and dump onto the road, of course, my thinking was the cameras wouldn't be able to see. And that's absolutely correct. They cannot see if they're blocked by something that just drops in front of them. But what I didn't think about was that the system had seen traffic ahead of you before the snow dropped, and it knows what the road looked like before the snow drops, and it knows the speed of the vehicles ahead of you, and it's it calculates all that and does its best guess into saying, okay, those this this truck in front of you most likely would have kept its speed. The outline of it is this big. It's in its lane still. We're going to stay in our lane. We're not going to do anything drastic. And, and then it will look at the road situation second by second by second as it changes and then can make adjustments uh, in sub-seconds to your car based on what it sees and what it feels is happening out there. So that predictability of what is going to happen. And another, another prime example was um, sitting at a traffic light and seeing people crossing the road. Now, with our human eyes, if a vehicle goes in front of those people, we don't see the people anymore. They're gone. They're behind. Our vision is blocked. But again, the computer is looking at these people. It maps them. It looks the trajectory they were on. And then it turns around and says, most likely they're going to continue on that same pace. That puts them here in half a second. That puts them here in a second and a half. And it's it's showing, tracking where that person is, even though you can't see them with the camera. It's taking the data that it collected when it could see them, and it's transferring that into what's going to happen in the future. And then that can affect what your car is going to do based on the computer knowing where all the objects are, what trajectory they they were on, and how fast it believes it will update the map of the car as to what's happening in the outside world. Yeah, and this ability for it to make inferences based on what it sees is is really cool like we saw the camry come up on the one lane road well it was a two lane road but it became a one lane road because of the parkers on the side uh and the car was running the physics on the camry for both parts of the scenario to figure out if the car uh physically could stop because if it couldn't then there's no point in you getting in the same lane as a car that can't stop because it's going to hit you (laughs) right yeah so these are all things that are vital for the system to understand. So object persistence. When you take a 15 or 16 year old human and put them behind the wheel, they already have a good understanding of physics. They already understand that just because something is blocked doesn't mean it disappeared. 
Uh, I mean, the reason the peekaboo is a fun game to play yeah. with the babies because when you put your hands in front of your face, you've disappeared to them. Yeah. You are gone. They haven't <laughs> learned object persistence yet, right? And and uh, when you take a, a brand new baby neural network, it has the same deficiency. It hasn't learned that yet. So Tesla's system has now learned these things. And the, the, one of the, uh, I don't know if you guys listened to Lex Friedman, he put out a, a short video, which uh, he, he doesn't do short videos. His videos are two hours long. Two hours long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is short for him. <laughs> yes, yeah. That, that recap what he thought was cool about AI Day. And it was less than 15, wasn't it? Was like yeah, I, thought it was a, I thought it was 11 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, he definitely has the credentials. He teaches uh, this at MIT, right? So uh, this is exactly the stuff that, that he is a world expert in. And uh, Things like um, this persistence using recurrent neural networks to un have uh, uh, time marks and um, doing this in vector space. So converting to vector space first and then and then uh, reacting within it. He said, oh, this is just it, it absolutely makes sense. It's one of those things that now that you see it, it's like, oh, of course you should do it that way. And in the future, all of it's going to be done this way for interacting with the real world. And it'll be like, well, of course, that's the way you should do it. And, but it was these are Tesla's fundamental breakthroughs to, to get to this. And uh, so, yeah, that's they are making strides. They're moving the entire industry forward, uh, the entire science forward. It's awesome. With no training wheels. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then one other thing they talked about was augmented reality. So they were talking about uh, situations that even with the fleet of cars on the road, the cars would never or hardly ever possibly see. And they wanted to be able to react to those situations, even though they are few and far between. They don't want, they want the system to be aware that some things like this could possibly happen. Like the example they gave was a, you know, a, a family running on the road with their dog. Down yeah. the middle of a freeway lane. That yeah. is you wonder how they found that one. In most cases, or it won't last for long if it is right. happening. But, right. But that that was kind of interesting that they were training the computer to look at instances that really couldn't happen for a prolonged period of time for a car to actually record it and see it and put it into use. So uh, that was that was very cool to see, and that's a video where we saw the Cybertruck and the. Uh, the or the full size semi pulling in front of a car. So uh, looked very realistic. Uh, looked like you know uh, a glorified video game. Um, yeah. It, it was uh, that much detail with the shading and the the sun setting and the shadows and all of that uh, was was spectacular. It would also allow them to to recreate scenarios that they have failed in in the past without uh, putting people in, in putting risk. anybody in danger. Yeah. Like the very first autopilot crash. I mean, they could they could literally recreate it so many ways to Sunday, and nobody else has to lose their uh, be decapitated. Yeah. So simulation is is a vital to a system like this. The problem is is uh, if you do too much of it in simulation, AIs are are really smart, and they're going to figure out that this isn't the real world, and that the physics rules are slightly different here, and then they're going to make poor assumptions that don't apply to the real world. Yep. And we we've seen this with with AIs. You think you have a good training set, and it'll find some exploit in it that you didn't anticipate. So so simulation has to be a minority of the training yeah. and and like you said for key important situations that that are just not feasible to do in the real world like having people and their dog run down the freeway right. <laughs> we, we've seen it with humans too humans uh, training in sims like you know sometimes they'll slip and they'll forget they're not in the game and they'll do something terrible in real life and <laughs> uh, or at least not as, as as efficient as they could be because like you said the physics are slightly different in the in the uh, in the virtual world than they are in in, in meat space <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah. Well, uh, let's leave that topic, and it'll kind of work into the rest of the stories today as well. Uh, sure will. The first one being uh, Patrick's got uh, one about uh, about rain and how That's that right. works in. Right. Being here in Oregon, I had to take the story on rain. <laughs> <laughs> we get lots of it here. So um, as you all know, Tesla has gone radarless in the 3 and the Y, and there is someone, Kevin Smith, who uh, loves to go driving in the rain in his Model Y. And he's been testing various releases 
of the software in these rainy conditions. And um, one of the things that he's found is that it often gets timid. Uh, and uh, he said it, it lacked confidence in heavy rain conditions and would often kick him out of autopilot altogether. And uh, that was with 2021.4.18.1. And now with um, his latest version, which he just got this month, it's 2021.4.21.3. And he characterized these updates, this update as impressive. So uh, autopilot acts much more confident, even in heavy rain, uh, dra dramatically improving the speed. Uh, so it does still slow down in some situations, which you'd want to do for safety if you have lack of visibility. But uh, now it seems to see a lot more, perceive better, and uh, it does not have to slow down as much. So this is, I, I don't, do you guys know if he's in the um, FSD beta or not? I don't think he is from these versions. I don't believe he is. Yeah, so this is just the standard software that we're all getting. And uh, so improvements are happening. There you go. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, it's interesting that, uh, you know, we think about FSD beta and, and all the changes that are going on, but in the background, there are those other things that uh, Tesla engineers are working on as well for all our cars. Uh, and, and this seems to be one of them. Uh, being able to use autopilot in the rain is not an exclusive FSD uh, uh, beta uh, uh, requirement. This, this is being used in the cars that are out there right now on the road. So it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting that, uh, that he is testing it himself and finding these improvements as time goes along. I could only hope Who that, else does um, this? They, they, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, the one thing I would hope they could do is a little better with is still the windshield wipers. That's got some yeah, mine, mine are still they've they've gotten better, but little, they're not a little yeah. bit funky. Uh, I noticed in the last rainstorm still. So mm -hmm. uh, the good thing is it no longer thinks that washing my windshield is a hurricane uh, that, that, that suddenly appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> it's like you did this. Why why are you freaking out? <laughs> oh my, yes indeed. Um, well, on to the next story, and this one is about the Model Y invasion. And yes, an invasion that's hitting Europe. Uh, I've got a photo here to share with everybody. Let's uh, share this. There we go. So we've, was. Wow. we've got... 1,300 Ys have arrived at a port in Norway. So, of course, everybody knows now that Norway is the uh, the, the focal point of all EVs. Uh, <laughs> they, are, they are selling more than 50% uh, uh, EVs at this point, and the, the uh, market share continues to grow. Wow. So uh, we've got uh, a situation where... Of course, the Model Y, uh, which uh, is starting to outsell all Teslas here in North America, uh, is going to probably start to dominate in Europe. And of course, these Model Ys have shown up from Shanghai. Um, so we've got two plants now that can produce them. We know that Giga Berlin is chomping at the bit to start producing these cars as well, but Tesla didn't want to wait. They wanted to get this car out uh, to uh, some of the uh, happy reservation holders uh, here in Norway that have been waiting for this car for some time. So uh, it's uh, the, the floodgates have started to open. And as uh, new factories come online, uh, it's only, it's only going to help the situation and uh, propel uh, the Model Y to probably the most sold Tesla of all time. So is this... I guess it's Norway living in the future, not us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is this... Uh... Six Model Y lines or eight Model Y lines worldwide? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Are there dual lines at each factory, uh, or you know, is it even Casey at a point where it's in flux that Tesla could decide that you know what we're going to put three lines in motion based <laughs> on the sales, uh, based yeah. on what we see happening? And uh, I hope as a company they've done that to give themselves some flexibility because if Model Three sales drop, right. Why not keep just one Model 3 line going and put three lines into 
Model Y. So exactly. Who knows? Uh, but uh, I, I think that Tesla is going to have a lot of versatility once these uh, other factories come online. They're going to be able to do a lot of wheeling and dealing based on what they see in the marketplace at that particular point in time. We had a question. Why were there no red ones in that photo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they paint in batches. I guess they were out of red paint that day. There, there's that. I wonder I wonder. Uh, red paint requires three uh, three trips. Or not three, three trips, but three coats. Um, Multi-coats. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I wonder. Although, although the white requires a couple coats, too. The white does, so. too. Uh, it doesn't put white in the clear, though. Red, red gets in the clear. Yeah. Uh, the, the other question, then, is, is red a popular color in China? Do they just not have any free ones? <laughs> oh, right. So all the red ones they made uh, were sold in China and all the other colors are what got exported. Right. I mean, isn't it a good luck? They took there? whatever was left over, you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Norway is like, we'll take whatever. The, it could be that the red ones were behind the photographer, too. That, so. too. <laughs> they all came off the boat in order they were built. Exactly. Exactly. Because Elon, so. Elon said that in Fremont, red requires an extra time because you got to clean up after it because it looks like a scene from Dexter. <laughs> it's just red everywhere. And and of course there's a little bit of a premium on the red paint over the other paints. Yeah, but I, I can imagine that once you're spending this kind of money on an import, you can probably afford... Probably spring for the paint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised East Color doesn't have its own paint shop where they don't have to stop and change that would be super expensive <laughs> i guess so i guess so yeah otherwise they'd be doing it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, you can have that three may, colors <laughs> yeah that, that may come that may come but uh not at this point right uh casey's got our next story about uh, deposits what's happening yeah. there you gotta put more you will not get it back <laughs> So uh, Tesla has uh, increased the deposit uh, for ordering a new car from $100 non-refundable to $250 non-refundable. Uh, and even the $100 used to be refundable, but you get no sympathy from me. It used to be $5,000. So Yep, that's what Sorry. I had to put down. <laughs> <laughs> but that was refundable. No. Oh, it wasn't? No. <laughs> okay, I, I had to put down the the, the model three, model three, but it the model three twenty five hundred was refundable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, no, so you had a five thousand dollar deposit, and that's it. You were buying, or you mm -hmm. were your car was getting 5, built, whether you bought it or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was a risk on their part. But uh, this is so this, the, this the risk like, is much less today, obviously. Right. Well, because <laughs> right. they can sell They'll it. They'll be able to sell it. Yeah. yeah. To, yeah. If you don't take it, someone else will. Exactly. Right, so. In fact, um, our friends uh, uh, Omar and Stephanie. That happened to both of them. They they were out of town when, when uh, when they were, when they were uh, actually and Marcus. They were, they were all three out of town when their cars landed, and it was ended. Travel order. a lot, <laughs> right? <laughs> For two Model Ys and a Plaid. Uh, so so they were all out of town when 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 their cars arrived. And Tesla said, "All right, well, it's end of the quarter. Next." <laughs> oh, ouch. Oh, what was worse is the plaid ended up on somebody else's YouTube channel. He saw it. He's like, hey, is this your VIN number? And they, they said, yeah, how did you know? He said, because uh, I, was, I was a couple minutes late getting back to town. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, told, I told him now that he's got his, his actual one, he should, uh, he should line them both up and, and get a photo if the other guy will, will participate. <laughs> yeah, because it would have been sold to somebody local, right? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of orders, I'd like to thank uh, Cody, who ordered and used my referral code just the other oh, day. Oh, cool. So nice. uh, awesome. thank you very much, Cody. And, and send us a note if uh, you're listening to the show. We'd love to know what you got. So, Absolutely. Very good. Um, so next, we've got a story coming from Texas. And you may think it's one thing, but it's not. This story <laughs> is concerning the Boring Company's uh, Proof Rock 2. What are they so doing they, out there? <laughs> they released a story, or a, a, I guess a photograph, a, a video yeah. um, that uh, we can show here. Share. Boom. Everybody's like, that's Casey's favorite subject. We, we know why. He knows why they're there. <laughs> exactly. So we've got the, the Proof Rock 2. Uh, which was on display at the Boring Company in, I guess, their new digs uh, in uh -huh. near, near Austin. You said digs. 
exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, we've got we had it. Uh, they headed out operating, spinning. Now there wasn't any demonstration beyond it because of uh, we know that the Proof Rock Two, for example, will be able to dig a tunnel horizontally uh, without having to be lowered into the ground. So uh, it'll be able to dig down uh, to the depth it needs to go, then flatten out and you know move with the uh, bumps uh, in the design. And then ultimately tunnel itself back up to surface uh, to come out and be used again. So that's, that's going to be a big time saver. That's a good question on Hockey Day's part. Is this the larger diameter tunnel? For proof the one two? that they said could contain, uh, could use uh, containers dry, driven through it, right? I, I don't know. I, I think... I think Proof Rock 2 was the same diameter as the other ones. The original Proof Rock? Uh, yeah. Because that would well, be so, awesome if you could know that you could take just a semi and containers in there. I mean, maybe yeah. they, obviously you don't need it for this particular tunnel, but you don't want that soon. Yeah. Where where are they tunneling to and from here in Texas? They're not. Oh, that, uh, <laughs> there is no. It's here just testing. Uh, there, there's no real uh, job for it that has been, you know, uh, funded by a group that has uh, accepted a tunnel. So. As far as I understand, this is just a demonstration that Proofrock 2 has been coming along, and at this point, they have it operational. Well, uh, they might as well, as their test tunnel, go from Boca Chica to the uh, the Texas Gigafactory so that Musk can have his own personal uh, drive between the two. To... <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's our next story, is is the, the um, uh, there was a, uh, I guess, and this is how they put it, a tunnel was floated uh, to, <laughs> this is how they put it, a tunnel was floated uh, about building it between South Padre Island and Boca Chica. If the tunnel and, is floating, uh, it's a bridge. Exactly, it better not be floating. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's, it's just the people inside uh, the tunnel that are floating. No, no, I'm kidding. So, I but it's a straw. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what they presented this uh, to the regional government is an idea that would allow, I guess, Boca Chica Beach to be open from the other end when SpaceX is launching rockets. Right now, the road to Boca Chica Beach is closed down. Every time SpaceX is doing a launch or you know something along that line, uh, where there is a possibility where there could be debris, they've uh, closed mm. this road and, of course, shut down the beach. So the Boring Company has presented the idea to the local or regional government that a tunnel could be built from the other end allowing people still to have access to uh, Boca Chica Beach on an area that would be unaffected uh, by the SpaceX uh, launches and um, still allow people to use it and give access to the mainland uh, so that they could get to the beach just through a different way of getting there. So this would be different from their loop tunnels that are EV only. This would have to have ventilation and, and all the things that gas oh, cars no, If you want to use the tunnel, or... you have to ride a Tesla. <laughs> There'll be a Tesla rental shop right there. Right. Or, or would, would there be maybe a um, almost like a uh, park, uh, a parking lot where everybody comes in and uses the service to get them to the beach? Parking oh, yeah. ride, parking uh, ride, parking yeah. ride yeah. of, uh, of uh, looped, <laughs> looped vehicles. <laughs> exactly. So not sure. Now the, the the I guess the regional government made a comment on this uh, just yesterday, and they had indicated that. Yes, they're in discussions uh, with the uh, the boring company, but there's no city funds that are being put towards this. Um, mm. So I don't like the way they put that, the, uh. the, the, they had indicated that it's an idea they're exploring, but they wanted to let the taxpayers know that uh, they're not looking at investing in this. Uh, this this idea is something that would be tax neutral uh, to the uh, uh, residents. So I like the way they, they very politically said the county officials noted they are not interested in paying for the tunnel. However, <laughs> if the company were to pay... tunnel, yeah. right? But... <laughs> but, if, but if someone's giving out a free tunnel, they we'll will take talk a free tunnel. It. If it's right. free, it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> but see, then the question then is: if it is free, um, 
is it now going to be owned by the boring company and maintained by the boring company? Because if you got it for free, are you going to then maintain it? And right. and and will they require f- free lifts like we saw with um, with the, the the Vegas Convention Center, or will they allow the boring to charge a competitive rate? Right. Yeah. Because they will have a monopoly. Yeah. They'll be the only ones who can operate when the rockets uh, are scheduled to go up and down. So yeah, fares or tolls would make sense at that point. Yeah. If the county didn't pay for it, they have to make their money back somehow. But the other the other side of the coin is if SpaceX is blocking off the road more and more often and the beach becomes less and less usable for the residents of the area, yeah. they're maybe being able to supply them another way to get there is just something to calm the residents about all the closures that are happening. Like how the cardboard forest showed how, how little water they would actually use. Yeah. It, it so, would probably be worth the costs. I mean, because think about how much you make off of each launch. Versus how much it would cost you to give away a few rides in the tunnel. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, again, uh, nothing has really come out about the details of this, whether it's one tunnel, whether it's twin tunnels, uh, anything Hopefully like that. they're done with single tunnels after that one. Hasn't the, happened. But the approval uh, to go for two. It, uh, it is an interesting thought. And, of course, uh, the Boring Company has also submitted – uh, as we heard in the past, uh, uh, a job for Austin itself, uh, from the airport to downtown, uh, to Gigafactory. Um, there's a there's a few different uh, stops on its run, and uh, and again we're again waiting. Uh, should be about I would think about two two and a half weeks away from hearing something about Fort Lauderdale. So uh, that's yeah. still that's still in the uh, waiting for another bid, which we know. It's not going to happen. No one else is yeah. going to put a bid on that Fort Did Lauderdale you say thing. Two it's not a good faith one. Two and a half. Two and a half weeks. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to say two weeks. In, 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 about, in about 17 days. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, kind of interesting. Two weeks can mean 17 days. It can mean two months. It can mean a lot of things it can mean now. a lot of things, it, it, yeah. <laughs> We've seen it mean a lot of things, haven't we? Two weeks, one year, you know, never. could be anything, yeah. really. Uh, another interesting uh, little bit of news that was spotted, of course, by the swarm of people that are hanging around uh, Gigafactory Texas uh, is uh, someone's kind of caught a, what they believe is a a future, I guess, piece of art at uh, at Gigafactory Texas. Industrial and art. We'll see if you believe that this is correct or not. But um, and and uh, keep in mind that the yellow on the screen is drawn on after the fact. But this is an end of the Gigafactory, and there's some people asserting that with the angles that are being built for the windows on this particular end of the factory, that there's going to be a large silhouette of a uh, cyber truck as part as of the finished product here. So I don't know if I believe this completely. Um, yes. The angle for the roof is, you know, looks pretty interesting. The angle for the rear tire looks like it could be the case. Of course, the front tire is not complete yet. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I can see part of it, uh, but I'm not completely convinced that this is just someone that's being hopeful as to what they want to see at the end of one of the, one of the ends of the Gigafactory. Yes, we are yeah. pattern matching primates. So uh, <laughs> that's all we do is see patterns. Exactly. Yes. So I don't know. We'll have to see as this comes together. If it wasn't true. I hope that uh, Tesla sees this and goes, oh, of course we should do that. And then they do it. That, <laughs> right. that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, that's exactly. interesting. As long as it doesn't that. slow down text, the Austin Gigafactory, because it has to beat Berlin. <laughs> right. Well, you don't even need windows or walls to build build out of the factory. So keep well, on Well, yeah. In Texas, the, the, everyone's leaning over backwards to let this thing go. So... Uh, they could be producing cars tomorrow uh, without uh, walls, and that would not be a problem. It's still better than a tent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, heck, Giga Nevada isn't even finished yet, and it's already one of the largest battery factories in the world. Right. They can do massive scale. Yeah. They can. Next, uh, Casey's got an, I guess, an update that's coming for FSD Beta 9.3. What's this about? I do. And then Elon went and canceled it all. So uh, <laughs> I'll say what they said, and then and then I'll tell you what Elon said. 9. So um, <laughs> Elon was saying that FSD Beta 9.2 wasn't great in his opinion, uh, but the Autopilot AI team is rallying to improve fast as possible. Uh, we're trying to have a single stack for both highway and city streets, but it requires massive neural net training. And uh, then, then he said he just drove FSD Beta 9.3 from Pasadena to LAX. Much improved. And then today, he tweeted, stand by. Because <laughs> this story changes minute by minute. This story came out two minutes before we started the show. <laughs> <laughs> or the update, I should say. Uh, so this guy, Falcon 9 uh, Block 9, uh, Falcon 9 Block 5, asked any update on the FSD beta. And then Elon says, we should be there with beta 10, which goes out a week from Friday. No point release this week. It will have a completely rechained neural network. So we'll need another few weeks after that for tuning and bug fixes. Best guess is public beta button in about four weeks. Notice he didn't say uh, two weeks. Two weeks was not mentioned anywhere in his tweet. <laughs> but he perfectly described two weeks. <laughs> so everybody who was waiting up till 3 a.m. Uh, Eastern time on, on this Friday, well, you can sleep in because it ain't happening. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's why I said by my story was canceled by Elon. <laughs> so he did indicate uh, previously that the button, the download button, yeah. wasn't coming to 10 or 11. Right. Or so, It was coming to 10, maybe 11. And of course, and when you're in the nines, 9.2 currently, and you need a, a fix or an update or something has to be modified. You know, you can just push it out to 9, 3, 9, 4, 9, 5, 9, 5.5. Like, you right. can do many things with it. Um, it, it just and, – and as Patrick had mentioned uh, in pre-show, uh, they typically save the next bump to save for a 10 when there's a big UI change or there's a, yeah. you know, there's a number of things going on uh, with the uh, user interface. So um, – it's uh, it's interesting that uh, here we are still waiting for that button to show up, um, and uh, again, I don't believe they've added uh, any more people to the beta program. They're still waiting um, at this point uh, with just the same amount of people they have, and most likely that's constraint on their end with the number of people that can review what comes in from the current amount of beta testers and what has to be uh, modified based on those people reporting. If you double the amount of people reporting, it just means that you may not be able to handle all the requests coming in. Yeah. So so that means that the people on 9.2 beta aren't going to get a release because he said no point release this week, but it's going out a week from Friday, which is in two days which makes it two weeks and two days. <laughs> um, they they will go straight from 9.2 to 10. So that means, uh, I guess, the internal testers, Elon and a few other people, have been trying out 9.3, and Elon likes 9.3. Uh, but they're going to go straight to 10. So that, that gives them no more wiggle room. They can't just stretch it out to 9.999 <laughs> to get what they want. Uh, so we'll see. And then he said once they go to 10... They are still going to require another few weeks to be able for uh, to be able to uh, work out the bugs, uh, yeah. yep. to work out the issues uh, that come with uh, moving to ten. Right. Yeah. But uh, so then the next question is: Is this him being optimistic again? Will it, will there be a ten point two three four five? Are they going to go to eleven, mm -hmm. or are we going to get ten point six and we'll get to use it? And uh, the honest answer. The honest answer that you will get from this show and these panelists is... Don't hold your breath. We have no clue. <laughs> we right. don't know. It's, it's a, Yeah, we don't know. Even the people working on it don't know what they don't know, right? So they don't know what bugs they're going to find in the next version. Otherwise, there wouldn't be there because they'd already fixed them in this version. So right. 
Yeah. Or they would tell you, hey, we've got to fix X, Y, and Z, and it'll be out on Thursday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and even trend. then, it could be mm-hmm. peeling the onion. Where Even if you know what bug you're fixing, you then what's the next layer that you did, weren't aware of that it was hiding? Yeah, yeah what, exactly. what did it hide? Exactly. Or what kind of interactions? Yeah, so BreakNet yes. brings up a good point about uh, how do humans survive after all this? Uh, it's been AI automated. And uh, yes, UBI, uh, Elon said he supports UBI, and that would be necessary uh, once there are no more boring jobs to do. There won't be I, enough jobs for everybody. I disagree with that. So, I mean, we, we've heard this said over and over throughout history, right? That's the whole reason the Luddites were smashing the machines is because there would be no jobs for humans and everything would be automated. But every time that this happens, we find that people still find ways to do new and interesting things. It's just not the manual labor that the machine was doing. Now right. they get to be more creative. They they get to whatever it is. I mean, how many people now make their living off of YouTube? Um, exactly. And you know, that, that that didn't exist a decade ago to have us. That didn't exist five years ago. It. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's there's lots of new things that once you free up human capacity. That, that they can invent new and better things. I mean, th- there's still going to be people writing and artists and um, d- um, making cool apps that, you know, whatever. There's just, there's just, it opens up so much more that people can do if they're not stuck, you know, mowing their lawn or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so he brings up another point. He says this tool, Tesla Bot, will be able to do any task a human can do, but better. I want to I want to say more specificity on that. They'll do any repetitive, boring task that a human can do, but better and more accurately. But can it do? I mean, will it, will it be able to do art? I mean, obviously, if you put something like Archilect into it, it might be able to do to do interpretations of art. Uh, but will they have the same feeling into them as as a as a human artist? Well, yeah, and even if it does, would the people who consume that care? That's that's yeah. with with art. It's, it's more important about the story behind it than it is the actual piece. Sometimes, yeah, and we've seen that with uh, some of these accounts that just steal other people's art and repost it as their own, and they've got millions of followers. Mm. Yeah, and I think we'll touch our last story of the evening, uh, which Casey is not expecting. So there is no banner for this. <laughs> but uh, what, Mister Fast Fingers, before. Before the show started, we talked a little bit about Sandy Monroe. So uh, let's just kind of, uh, Patrick, you could be the one that uh, can kind of fill us in on that story. Oh, yeah. So one of our very (laughs) first comments here uh, um, uh, early on was from Hockey Day, where he said, Sandy Monroe took it to the government. Government? uh, Yeah, he sure (laughs) did. Yeah. He did. So so, uh, I posted this on the Tesla Life channel, if you guys are following us on Facebook. Then, yeah, then you saw that was shared earlier today. And um, he had a rant. In fact, that's the title of it was Sandy's yeah. Rant. And uh, he is not happy with how the government is uh, treating the electric car fires, how they are uh, treating Tesla with their autopilot safety features, and how they're being investigated when the cars are far safer. And uh, yeah, so I won't that, that that was the gist of it, and it's it's entertaining. It's uh, uh, he's he's got great points. He uh, says one thing that we often say: contact your congressman and let them know what the truth of this. Uh, so yeah, that that's the gist of it. I, I gotta believe that uh, as as Casey has said in the past, with some of the people that are in power, uh, have they ever driven in a Tesla? Do they understand what they're talking about uh, when I they're trying to get Ed Markey in my car? And, and has he ever even responded? No, uh, not a no. single response. <laughs> so, so the question is: is you know, you should be striving to educate yourself if you're bringing up uh, legislation or you're trying to get an investigation to go. Why have you not looked into it yourself? Why have yeah. you not taken some of the steps mm-hmm. to figure out what is going on? What are both sides of the coin here? Uh, yeah. Is there, you know, is there something to be learned from this? Like. That should be a basic requirement for anyone bringing up legislation or trying to uh, move the government into doing something. There should be some sort of a, a self-investigation of, of what you can, especially when it comes to a car, you can get a car anywhere. You know, there are cars available to test these things, to try things out, to talk to owners groups of people that own these cars 
and see if there really is a problem uh, because this is quite overblown for what it really is. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of it just comes from ignorance. Or, or purity tests. I got into a disagreement today with a uh, political candidate from Massachusetts. Uh, she's from high tech, so she actually understands some of this. She's a car person. But uh, she was still a little too heavy on Tesla rather than the fact that, you know, these roads are being eaten up by semi-trucks and dump trucks. Yes, heavy passenger cars are a problem, SUVs and my monster out front. But the Model 3, it doesn't need that much more tax than, than a Camry. Uh, they're they're five hundred. Um, they're they're within fifty pounds of the uh, of the the BMW three series and five hundred pounds if you want to go from the base model uh, three series to the uh, long range performance model three. I mean we're talking pennies here, and 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 it felt like we were arguing over a purity test rather than uh, let's focus on on the big low hanging fruit mm -hmm. first. Let's get them into an EV, you know, even if it's a seven passenger. SUV before we worry about what to do about the uh, the road damage because yes building new roads does put CO2 out there but uh, how much CO2 is the road gonna gonna use versus you know eight thousand cars in this one small town right yeah so Mark the point you brought up of you know they should do their research it all depends on if they're making a good faith argument and they really do care about the issue. Or if they're just serving some donor, yeah, <laughs> and then so then, and then you know then looking the other way is part of the course, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> they just want to make the argument that they were told to make because they got their donation. And I'm not accusing any particular politician of it, but uh, you know, it, it happens. <laughs> yeah, and and you're naive if you think it doesn't. <laughs> right. Yeah, there was a another politician I had a disagreement with, and and. And he wasn't lying, but he was he was not arguing good faith either. He he was he was definitely backing his donors when yeah. when he could have been backing the truth. These are the talking points they gave me. And so they obviously have people that research this. This is probably true. They I'll just assume it is and go. And no, that's not necessarily always the case. Well, yeah. like with anything, if you haven't already, join your local EV group. Uh connect with it. Uh, because there is power in numbers. Uh, on our own, there's only so much we can do. But if you're connected to an EV group that looks for this type of thing and, and goes after this with campaigns and uh, directs people for writing uh, letter writing campaigns and phone calls, it does help. So uh, if you own an EV, join an association that's in your local area. And uh, together, uh, we can make the needle move a lot better than we can on our own. Very good. Well, with that, uh, we'll go to shout-outs. Uh, Mr. Connor, anything going on this week? Anything you want to inform us of? Sure, yeah. So um, I was just looking for um, what is the uh, Electric Auto Association's uh, website. Um, and uh, it's not EAA.org. That looks like an aviation one. Uh, <laughs> Be careful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll find that. And, uh, You'll find that. So, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. If you're in Oregon, come join our club, oeva.org. I know that URL. <laughs> <laughs> There's also Plug in America. They're a great group. Yeah. And they are, they are also part of the uh, um, uh, Electric Auto Association. They're a, a special chapter. And uh, so, yeah, either, either those are a couple great options. And uh, I want to give a plug out to my my blog there, carswithcords.net. Uh, I just I was uh, talking about 2030 earlier, and that's my latest blog post. And the one I have coming next week actually is one where Casey and I were debating it on this show, and uh, I uh, uh, it's it's effectively a long post saying Casey was right. How about that? What? <laughs> yeah, 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 and. Uh, <laughs> That's what you do. You talk to people, you learn things, you change your thinking, you get smarter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm so not out I, there sparring with politicians for the fun of it. I'm out there to, to exchange <laughs> ideas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh, yeah. Mr. Green, what do you got going on uh, this week? Well, I've got back to back software updates. And uh, what I decided to do is all of my complaints are still there. So I'm just going to film a summary to this software update and then just pile it on with the last software update video. So I can finally get this thing out. But watch this weekend. I get another update and then I had to start from scratch. It'll be fun. But keep an eye at youtube.com slash Casey Green 
It's K-A-Z-Y-G-R-E-E-N. And, uh, and I'll try and, uh, and, and get that out so you can look under the hood of see what's actually un- in, inside the car when it says minor fixes because it's not nothing. <laughs> Very uh, good. They, they, don't, they don't waste their time. <laughs> and, of course, if you're still with us, please give us a thumbs up at this point. It, it sounds weird why we ask for this, but it helps us in YouTube ratings it and does. it gets us in front of new eyeballs. So uh, every show, if you can, just uh, click that uh, like button uh, if you like what you see, and that's going to help us out, and we would appreciate it. Also, if you haven't subscribed, uh, that helps out as well. Uh, press that subscribe button. doesn't cost you anything and uh, helps uh, support the show. So uh, with that, uh, we... I got to finish my shout out. It's electricauto.org. There's the the website. Electricauto.org. Very good. All right. Well, with that, uh, we will see you all next week and find out what's going on in the Tesla life. Good night, everyone. Have yourselves a great week. Stay positive. Test negative. Thank you, Lee Moon!